Oh my God. You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. As leaders in government, business, and society, we bear a particular responsibility to rebuild trust in how we assume our own role as trustees. Hidden behind the lost attempt to rebuild trust for the Davos 2024 attendees' sugar-coated totalitarian strategy for world domination is a panicked roach nest of sociopaths partaking in treason, drugs, high-end prostitutes, and delusions of grandeur. Are you worried that if all the details come out about the Epstein trial, that your boss might get into legal trouble like Prince Andrew did or some of the others on the list. It must have been bad for Melinda to divorce him over Epstein. I mean, that's what Melinda Gates said, because he wouldn't stop visiting Epstein. He was evil personified. I had nightmares about it afterwards. I mean, how can you work for a guy like that? Treason, not trust, seemed to be the actual theme at this year's Davos. We are on the way to a new order, so we are between orders. What are we able to keep on the positive side from the old order to bring into a new world order? At the heart of it will be many of the core principles and core institutions of the existing order. It's absolutely critical that we accelerate. I don't want this, obviously, but if you wound up with a different president who was opposed to climate crisis, I got news for you. No one politician anywhere in the world can undo what is happening now. The marketplace is doing this. Many of these so-called righteous saviors of humanity chose to stick their nose up at the thought of addressing the peasants when confronted by journalists asking, basic questions. I want to ask about McKinsey and those huge contracts you guys got from the Canadian government after meeting with Christian Freeland. Oh, don't run away. Don't run away. Why don't you want to talk about your contract with Canadian taxpayers? I mean, surely you believe in transparency. What are your plans going forward? Uh, not going to talk about it right now here. Are you pulling back from it the same way BlackRock is? No. And... Why don't we just set this up formally? But no, we're not pulling back from it. Are you worried about misinformation and disinformation? That's been a big uh, focus of the World Economic Forum this year. Do you agree with that? You don't have enough credentials to go up there, apparently. But what about the forcible nature that so many people were forced to take the jab or lose their job? Uh, well, what I'd like to actually uh, just say within this is that uh, uh, we're certainly proud of the efforts that collectively that the healthcare sector made. Right, and I know that, and I'm and, not disputing that. But I think that if you'd like to discuss any of this further, that you can certainly be in contact with our uh, media relations group, and they'd be happy to get in touch with you on it, okay? I don't think they would be happy to get in touch with me. I'm asking you about the forcible nature, that if people didn't, if they weren't forced to take your medicine against their will, they'd be fired. I need to go on this, but what I would say is, is that all of this comes down to local decisions that are made by countries. And Local decisions? Governments. I think you profited by it. Dr. Tedros, how, how are you doing? Um, do you think you did well in uh, COVID and if you're going to do as well in disease X? What, 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 what is disease X? Mr. Tedros, what is disease X? And when is China going to release it? Uh, the number one issue that Klaus Schwab says is the goal for the WEF is to combat misinformation and disinformation. Is that important to Meta? I'm heading to my booth. This is not an interview. How come Facebook is censoring the Internet? Is it your plan to interfere with the 2024 election? Sorry, I'm not here to the press. 
The Davos attendees of 2024 need to calm the f down. The overselling of an imminent nightmare future is really pissing huge populations of Team Humanity off. What's to stop the hundreds of millions of us from holding a confab of our own aimed at arresting these proponents of a genocidal new world order? 53 years after the WEF was founded, they have 75 million children working in their supply chains. The problem is that many of these companies have business models that have actually increased misery, hunger, malnutrition, and child labor. The kind of person who will come into the next conservative administration is going to be governed by one principle, and that is destroying the grasp that political elites and unelected technocrats have over the average person. We're going to change instead of using a needle to use a little mm. patch. Uh, so the pandemic really highlighted that we've been underinvested in those innovations. John Baum reporting. It's Monday, January 22nd in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Very, very big show we have for you today. Lots of stories to cover, everything from immigration to the Middle East. Lots of videos to get to as well. As... A little roundup, what has occurred over the last week at Davos and the World Economic Forum. And of course, your phone calls and Twitter spaces later in the show as well. Yesterday, I hosted the Sunday Night Live show. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest you check it out, especially the first 30 minutes. We had a call in from Max from Kansas, but it was a special, it wasn't a call in as much as a guest appearance because. He is a high schooler, discovered that a school nearby him had an after-school Satan club, so he decided to crash it with some of his friends, and originally intending to sort of go there and maybe cause a fuss, maybe interrupt it somehow. Showing up, he realized everyone there was just kind of a, kind of a loser, kind of just lonely and lost, and decided it would be better to try to convert them, to actually offer them a sincere path out of their loneliness and and desperation. And I think it's, I think this is the thing to do. I think this could be a giant movement. And so I want to draw attention to it now, in case anybody in my audience hasn't seen it, hasn't taken a look at it, go to band.video and check out that phone call with Max. Because again, I think if you are in high school or have a family member in high school, this is the way to approach the after-school Satan club. Protest it before it gets implemented. You know, try to prevent them from establishing an after-school Satan club. It's just it's crazy this is even something that exists, but it does. And so if they get their claws into your school, if they actually implement and create one of these, I think you should take it over. I think you should go there and just destroy the the thin veil of legitimacy they've cast over satanism by preaching the gospel and telling people you know, what's really underneath the sort of benign sounding claims of the satanic temple 
I really think that this could backfire in the satanic temple's faces. They think they're creating an after-school Satan club, but what if it becomes a youth group? What if it gets infiltrated by Christians who actually convert everybody away from Satanism in these exact clubs? I think it's a very powerful thing, and I think with the proliferation of Satanic clubs in public schools across this country, it's up to the students to peacefully resist and actually make them regret their attempts at foisting, foisting Satanism on everybody. So I want to encourage you to go check that out. Probably after the show today, I'll edit down a clip of that post on social media. But you can go now to band.video and see what we talked about. Played a lot of videos yesterday as well. We're going to play some of those same ones again today as we again talk about the World Economic Forum. But there is a lot of other stuff to cover before then. So let's just get into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Monday, the 22nd of January, 2023. A lot of stories about Ukraine in this stack, and none of them comport with one another. First is this, Russia must give up its nuclear weapons, Ukrainian officials. As President Volodymyr Zelensky pushes forward with his so-called peace formula, which was already dismissed by the Kremlin as, quote, absurd, Ukrainian officials continue to come up with additional terms and conditions. The conflict in Ukraine can only end with complete liberation and a restoration of its 1991 borders, Kiev Deputy Minister Ivan Gavriluk told the newspaper Der Tagerspiegel last week. Only then Moscow and pro-Kiev coalition would be able to sign a document to create preventative mechanisms so that Russia will never think about another war against Ukraine or any country in the future. Yeah, they're losing, by the way. I mean, this is just the amount of hubris. Like, you're losing. You are losing. The average age of a Ukrainian soldier today, 43 years old. They are getting absolutely desperate. Now they're recruiting women and even older men. Surprised they didn't even go Younger at a certain point. After all, that's the path that losing armies take time and time again. And here they are. Basically saying you have to Russia has to become Germany post-World War II. But you're losing. But Ukraine is losing. Like what what type of demands are they making? Basically, they, they want to demilitarize Russia. Which is just insane. It just absolutely is completely insane. A senior advisor to the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, Mikhail, Mikhail Podolyak, voiced a similar idea, claiming the negotiations to take place only when Moscow, quote, suffers a global defeat or at the very least a series of tactical defeats and internal riots that would threaten political stability in Russia and force it to, quote, voluntarily give up nuclear weapons. So that's never going to happen. So I don't I, I don't know what they're hoping for. But you can tell you know, the people running this war but aren't interested in reality. They aren't interested in actually coming to peace terms. They're interested in prolonging this as long as humanly possible, ideally until it spirals out into a wider conflict with NATO that NATO itself is warning is almost certainly coming very soon. Yeah, war on every front. And in fact, let's just go to the other Ukrainian stories to show you how ridiculous this is. 
So last story is uh, Ukraine says Russia must give up its nuclear weapons. You know, Putin has to be ousted. There has to be some sort of regime change program taking place. And Russia has to be completely demilitarized like Germany following World War II. Meanwhile, top Biden aide, Ukraine will lose within months or weeks without aid. Ukraine has already spent more than $113 billion providing military and other aid to Ukraine. Russia has repeatedly warned that aid will only serve to prolong the conflict, and any cargo entering Ukraine will be considered a legitimate military target. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines told lawmakers during a private meeting that Russia could win the conflict in Ukraine in a matter of weeks or months if Congress did not approve additional aid for the Kiev regime, U.S. media reported on Friday. And I don't, you know, I don't want to just keep repeating myself, but it's the democracy that doesn't have elections. It's the, the haven of free speech that just murdered a U.S. journalist for reporting on the war. Why should we send them a single dime? Why have we sent them a single dime? I mean, what is the point of this? The point is obviously regime change in Russia and an aggressive NATO push towards Russia to oust Vladimir Putin and replace him with a more amenable leader that wouldn't be quite so nationalistic or Christian. That's obviously the point. And we are willing to sacrifice Ukraine on the altar of our globalist plans. Again, from Ukraine and this uh, story at Infowars.com, Zelensky lashes out at Trump over a very dangerous plan to end war. I'm just going to go ahead and read that headline again. Zelensky lashes out at Trump over very dangerous plan to end the war. Very dangerous. I mean, without war, you know, if you're not killing 100,000 people, do you understand how dangerous that is? Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky has lashed out at former President Trump over his Ukraine stance and recent rhetoric, particularly the GOP presidential frontrunner's claim that he can negotiate peace between Kiev and Moscow within 24 hours. Trump's persistent statement saying he would intercede diplomatically and end the war has been met with mockery among top Ukrainian officials. Zelensky, in a fresh interview with UK's Channel 4 News, called Trump's rhetoric very dangerous. He says, Donald Trump, I invite you to Ukraine, to Kiev. If you can stop the war during 24 hours, I think it will be enough to come he said in the interview published friday i think you should do it i think trump should do it trump should take him up on this offer there you go okay i'll be there on friday really make them uh, make them regret making this statement peace is a choice they they could make this they could have made this choice a year ago they could have made it two years ago there's at any point in this war it could have been prevented there could have been peaceful diplomatic resolutions we covered this even before the war began with anthony blinken and others going to ukraine and we said at the time russia's a raid on the ukraine border they're going to invade if there's not an intervention this is anthony blinken's last chance to prevent a war in russia and they went there and bungled everything started the war and now here we are two years later hundred plus billion dollars in the hole And Russia has achieved all of its military objectives and is now just waiting out the failed Kiev regime, who is losing footing not only militarily, but politically, diplomatically, domestically, and internationally. It'll be nice when it's all over. Honestly, just give all of Ukraine to Russia at this point. Meanwhile, Canadian ambassador to U.S. urges Ottawa to mend relations with Trump's team, uh, Canada's Ambassador to the United States 
Kirsten Hillman has urged Ottawa to reinvigorate relations with the team of former U.S. President Donald Trump so as to be ready to work together if he wins this year's presidential election, given the U.S.'s importance as Canada's closest economic partner and ally. Might be a mistake to, you know, just openly try to undercut the next president of the United States. And this, of course, goes along the same theme as the World Economic Forum and a lot of videos coming out. It seems almost a foregone conclusion at this point that Trump is going to be the next president-elect. And we can get into why they're pushing this message and whether this is born out of a legitimate you know, fear and concern that Trump's rise is unstoppable and that he will almost certainly be elected president or whether this is some sort of you know, conf- fog of the war, confusing uh, – tactic of theirs where they're trying to lull Trump supporters into a false sense of security or maybe direct everybody's eyes towards Trump while they get Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama ready to swoop in and throw a wrench in the Now to clip number 23, here's Peter St. Ong talking about the Davos elite and how they think Trump will actually win this election. The communist elite of the World Economic Forum are afraid. They think they're going to lose. Are they right? Have the enemies of freedom peaked? All this week, the collectivist Illuminati who make up the World Economic Forum have been hobnobbing at their annual conference in Davos, hatching their plans for a worldwide Soviet while incidentally booking every prostitute within 300 miles of Switzerland, driving the price to $4,400 per night. Not a joke. Happily, this year was different because in contrast to the Davos romps of these past few COVID-bespeckled years, the elite is scared. Just in the past week, we've had three glorious data points courtesy of the elite's very own lapdog media. So seven days ago, NBC published a loving expose on Pentagon efforts to enact a deep state coup, as in they assume they're going to lose and are preparing for Donald Trump. Then five days ago, Joe Biden's climate envoy, Swift voter John Kerry, gave a speech at Davos how, quote, no politician can stop the green transition. As in, Kerry desperately hopes the Davos-captured financial institutions now run the world and there is nothing that government by and for the people can do about it. Finally, on Friday, the New York Times summed up the malaise, publishing an article called, quote, a consensus emerges at Davos, Trump will win re-election. So if the elite's own self-assessment is true, it would mean that rarely has an ideology fallen so far, so fast, from world-striding consensus to better luck next time. So what happened? In short, the Davos Collective took the world to crazy town, especially America and Europe, from open borders to unicorn farts to diversity as the new Jim Crow to front holes and chest feeders. They have poured out garbage and silenced dissent. Alas, their censorship industrial complex failed, thanks especially to Elon Musk and the millions upon millions who sprang up to exercise their God-given right to free speech. Turns out you only need a single venue to speak for the truth to get out there, and we all answered the call. Now that we did, it turns out none of it is sticking. Voters are not buying it. Not the inflation gaslighting, not the unicorn farts, the open borders, the front holes. Not in America, not in Europe, certainly not in the rest of the world that never really drank the Kool-Aid. Some still pretend to, lest they get expelled from college or fired from Disney, or in some European countries thrown in jail for misgendering. But fear is a very fragile consensus, and it evaporates in the voting booth. So what's next? Brought to you by Unchained.com. The voter backlash is coming. 
The totalitarians are praying their institutional capture, especially finance, will lock them in despite losing the very governments that were instrumental in those captures. They will fail because the capture was only possible with government intimidation, sympathetic regulators, bureaucrats, deep state prosecutors. If they lose, then it's down to their astroturf money versus the truth. I will take those odds any day. We are already seeing them crumble, and it's spectacular. Florida just banned DEI in all of its 25 university campuses at 640,000 students. A few days ago at Davos itself, J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon, CEO of the biggest bank in the universe and hence a key leverage point for the WEF, gave a speech demanding the Davos elite listen to Trump and his voters since they've been right about the big issues. You can almost hear the sound of the WEF's most cherished champions preparing to jump ship. Okay, we'll be watching. See you next time. So again, that's Peter St. Ong. That's how you say it. A little breakdown of the desperation that the World Economic Forum is evincing with their every statement. And I I said this yesterday, but just to, to repeat myself, every year there's an element of Davos and the World Economic Forum talking about censorship, talking about the pushback they're receiving, basically talking about how to overcome human will that resists them at every pass. That's been a feature of the World Economic Forum since at least 2016 or the uh, Bilderberg group meeting, a very similar thing. Remind you, the first report I ever did for InfoWars was there in Chantilly, Virginia, at the Bilderberg group, translating the globalist speak into the reality, where when they said, you know, protecting the future from fascism, it's like translation, how to undercut Trump's presidency, right? So there's always been this element of, How do we overcome the pushback that we're receiving from the plebeians? How do we keep our slaves in line as they threaten to rise up against us? That's always been an undercurrent. But usually that's overpowered by the, you know, overwhelming sense of we're in charge and nobody can do anything to stop it. This year's been different. This year's World Economic Forum in Davos, the 2024 episode, is just reeks of desperation it reeks of panic and every video that comes out you can almost see that they are making mistakes they're they're slipping up they aren't quite in control of things like they thought they were and they're starting to come to that realization we'll go now to clip number two as this is the chief editor of the wall street journal lamenting that their word is no longer treated as absolute truth let's watch if you go back really not not that long ago as i say we kind of we owned the news we were the gatekeepers and we very much owned the facts as well if it said it in the wall street journal the new york times then that was a fact nowadays people can go to all sorts of different sources for the news and they're much more questioning about what we're saying so it's no longer good enough for us just to say this is what happened or here's what here's this is the news we have to explain our almost like explain our working so readers expect to understand how we source stories they want to know um uh how we go about getting stories that we have to sort of lift the bonnet as it were and in a way that newspapers you know aren't used to doing and explain to people what we're doing we need to be much more transparent about how we go about collecting the news Yes, we were the gatekeepers. We owned the facts. We owned the facts. And what we said was never questioned before, but now they're questioning us. That's making them very mad.
How desperate are they to regain some semblance of control in social media? Well, this TikToker made viral videos criticizing the economy, and he was actually reached out to by the Biden administration. Clip number 20, this is how desperate they are to get just some positive coverage against the overwhelming amount of hatred they're receiving on social media. Let's watch. I just got a very interesting email. So for those of you who don't know, I am a critic of the current economy. And recently I've been posting my thoughts on the economy. And, you know, obviously it's not good. I'm not saying it's Trump's fault. I'm not saying it's Biden's fault. I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. But obviously Biden is president and the economy sucks. So, you know, naturally the blame lies on him. And some of these videos of me being extremely critical of the government have gone so viral that I was literally featured at 7 p.m. on primetime on Fox News the other night. And this morning, I got an email from someone claiming to be from the Democratic Party. And they said, what would your rate be to post positive videos about Joe Biden? And I replied back, honestly, I know nothing about the economy. I don't pretend to know anything about the economy. And I know nothing about politics, and I'd rather stay out of it. After all, I'm just a normal guy. I'm not a politician. I'm not a conservative or a liberal talking point. I'm just a normal person. So they responded back, we understand you're not a fan of the Democrat Party right now. How much would it cost? I was like, you know what? I wonder how bad they want me to post this. 50 grand. And they said yes. For those of you that don't know anything about social media, I have another account that's massive. And like for brand deals on my 3 million follower account, I get like five grand. They offer me 50 grand for a video on this account with only like 400,000 followers. I'm not going to lie. I was very, very tempted, but I didn't do it. Man, good for him. $50,000. The Biden administration offered that kid $50,000 to make a positive video about the economy. You smell that? It's desperation. There's desperation thick in the air. They're losing, folks. Hey, let me start by saying you do a great show. Thank you. Hey, let me point out that I took X2 iodine. I started taking that stuff. The best iodine I think I ever found is what you guys are selling. When did you start taking it? About four years ago, I had high blood pressure, and I was on blood pressure medicine. Mm -hmm. And I started eating a little better, but my blood pressure stayed high. And when I took X2 iodine, after about three or four weeks, I think my body detoxified of a bunch of metals and stuff that my body was storing. And my blood pressure came down to perfect level. And I tell people the only thing I did was X2 iodine. And even though I do think all your other products are good, I recommend to anybody that they start with X2 iodine because it detoxifies your body and kind of kicks your natural DNA in, into uh, full force. So in my, in my life, I found X2 iodine the best. I tried other iodines and they didn't have the same effect. But, so X2 iodine, I really wanted to point that out. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, folks. Yes, all signs point to a very exciting 2024 one way or another. Exciting in that we free ourselves from the World Economic Forum clutches, nationalists, and those who support their own nation's sovereignty, gaining victory across the globe. 
and the rejection of the globalist scheme. Or the globalists will get us into world war to prevent that from happening. One way or another, it's going to be very exciting. World war, civil war, a global civil war. One of these sorts of things breaking out is an extremely high possibility and the signals are coming from everywhere. John Hopkins says gun control will prevent second civil war. Which is weird considering that everybody who's thought about it for a second knows that gun confiscation is the number one thing if you want to start a civil war. It's a little bit odd. Top NATO chief warns we need to start preparing for all-out war with Russia. Admiral Rob Bauer, who chairs NATO's military committee, said governments need to be governments need to be ready to mobilize citizens and it's not a given that there will be peace. That's a threat, right? They're the ones that decide whether there's peace or not. And they're telling you no. They're telling you they've got a different path. And, of course, the World Economic Forum is panicking and the globalists are freaking out a little bit, primarily with the success Musk has had opening up X for free speech. Although that is not quite as sincere as uh, it was maybe in the past. I don't think it's a coincidence that We've seen evidence of massive suppression on dissident right accounts coinciding with both the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos with the number one agenda being how to push censorship on social media. So you, got, you got Davos meeting. They're like, our number one concern is people speaking freely. We have to shut that down. And at the exact same time, massive suppression. And we'll show you a video of that in just a second. But simultaneously... Of course, Elon Musk is in uh, Auschwitz in Poland, meeting with Ben Shapiro and others to discuss the pernicious influence of anti-war activists opposing the Zionist genocide against Gaza. So clearly, there's a giant push to reverse some of the strides made towards free speech, and yours truly has been a victim of that, as well as many other accounts online in fact we can go ahead and uh we want to go to that video now we can do that although i gotta find is it uh, clip seven yes so this was posted by uh, gentile news network but it features uh yours truly and you can just see it's for our radio listeners it is a montage of all of the suppression taking place against dissident right accounts specifically those that have opposed the war in Gaza. That's the universal characteristic of all of these accounts. And I even had people posting on my Twitter saying, I'm a total leftist, but I've still been crushed because I'm anti-Zionist. So that is the basis upon which they are implementing these uh, censorship policies. I'll describe how it works in just a second. But first, let's go to this video by Gentile News Network, clip seven.
seeing here is impressions are massively down while engagement is up. Keith Woods for America First Post for I Hypocrite. Andrew Torba, engagement rate up, impressions down for Sovereign Bra, friend of the show. Sam Parker. Musk says progress. Chief Trumpster, down 85%. Classic Groiper, down 32%. Harrison Hill Smith, down 76% in impressions. All engagement up massively. Highlander, a Gentile News Network themselves, just red across the board. So these are Twitter analytics that you're looking at for each one of these people. And you can see basically anybody who's been critical of Israel in the past three or four months is having their impressions massively crushed by the algorithm. And so what that means is that these tweets are just not being served up on people's timelines. Even if you follow them, even if you're interested in this type of content, it just doesn't show up. So here we have uh, my analytics, actually, for the last week. These are metrics for the last seven days. And you can actually see uh, I mean, my engagement rate is up hugely. So just to explain what these means, impressions are just people who see your tweets. So if you're scrolling on your timeline, you see one of my tweets, that's an impression. Engagement is any sort of interaction with the tweet, sharing it, posting it, copying the link, liking it, commenting on it, anything like that. And that's the real measure of success. Higher engagement means the more interactive your audience is, the more committed your audience is. I mean, that's what you, you want a lot of engagement. But you'll see my impressions are down 76% over the last week, meaning my tweets are just not being served up on people's timelines. Despite having 1776, 1,776 new followers, so my, I know, right? It's like it was meant to be or something. But I mean, think about this. I get nearly 2,000 new followers, and but my impressions go down 75%. My engagement is up 96%, but my impressions are down 75%. So my tweets are just not being shown on people's timelines. They're just not getting the audience that's asking for it. Link clicks link clicks are up 300%, just massive rise, right? So the engagement is there. The interest is there. But algorithmically, I'm being prevented from getting onto people's radar overall and you can actually see that likes and reposts are both down 79 percent almost exactly the same as the number of impressions because impressions drive the likes and the reposts you're, if you're not seeing the tweet you're not gonna be able to like it or repost it so they go down in exact proportion with the amount of impressions that you're getting so what this means is that the control freak enemies of free speech are learning and reformatting their censorship strategies where previously they would just ban people outright and they still do that to some degree but mostly in uh, extreme circumstances they've realized that just suppressing the information and they've told us this a million times they have a little phrase for it right freedom of speech not freedom of reach you can say whatever you want we just don't have to actually show it to people so this is a, a more subtle version of censorship because if you get banned outright, they've learned with the Streisand effect, 
the Alex Jones effect, that drives a lot of attention to you. You can actually, it can actually come out worse for them because they ban somebody and suddenly there's a lot of attention on them. So instead, they just limit your reach and don't tell you that. And so you're sitting there posting like you always have going, why is nobody liking my stuff? Am I doing something wrong? Should I change what I'm saying? Because I used to get a lot of likes and reposts and now I'm not getting as many, not knowing that would have you, you know, not realize that's because there it's not being served up to anybody. So it used to be that they would just silence you. They'd put a muzzle on you and say, shut up. You're not allowed to talk. Now they're saying they're going, no, you get to say whatever you want. And you just don't realize that they have the mute button clicked on you and you think you're talking to everybody, but nobody out there is hearing you. So this is their new strategy. It's suppression rather than banishment. It's subtle. It's effective. But now we've noticed, and there's a way to, and the, the beautiful thing about this is you can actually overcome this censorship by participating and retweeting and deliberately going to the profiles that aren't being served on your timeline. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, in the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com, look at the ingredients and investigate it, and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsStore.com. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back, folks. We got a lot uh, still to talk about, still lots of videos to show you. Open up phone lines and Twitter spaces later in the show. Stay tuned for that. In case you haven't heard, Sports Illustrated going the way of the dodo. It is yet another once beloved, esteemed American media outlet undone 
and destroyed by their own woke ideology. They could have just kept doing what they were doing. And remember, if there's one source of entertainment that has persisted largely unchanged as the phenomenon of streaming and internet entertainment has exploded over the last couple decades. I mean, sports has persisted because it's live. It's on television. You can still add, you can still sell ads. Unlike everything else. I mean, there's not really, you know, must see TV anymore. There's not any shows that the whole family or groups of friends get together to watch be broadcast over television. Like that doesn't exist anymore, except in sports. Sports has a persistence to it that's unlike any other entertainment industry. And yet they had to go and try to mess it up anyway. And Sports Illustrated, especially the swimsuit edition, has been just utterly and completely destroyed by transgenderism and unhealthiness. I don't know. What's the movement called where you try to body positivity? Thank you, Matt. Body, the body positivity movement claims another victim, this time Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated's publisher lays off entire staff, future unclear. So they missed a $3.5 million payment to Sports Illustrated's license holder. And so they started laying off employees, and they're basically firing everybody. The entire staff may be gone in just three months. But what did you think was going to happen when you're putting 400-pound women on the swimsuit cover and saying you have to find her attractive? We're just not going to buy your magazine. And on top of that, what do you think happens when you put a man with boobs on the front and say you have to love this transgender woman? Then not only are you putting something grotesque on the cover of your magazine, you're tricking guys into thinking they're looking at a pretty woman only to open it up and go, oh my God, that's a man. Now I feel disgusting. Sports Illustrated just violated me. So they're gone now. Another lesson. I don't know how many times you have to learn it. Stop doing this if you want your company to survive. Simple as that. Sports Illustrated uh, lays off its entire staff. This is just the latest, of course, in a long series of socialist, globalist rags going down in the last year. Jezebel, of, of course, shut down in November. Vox laid off a huge number of employees late in uh, 2023 as well. Vice Media had to file for bankruptcy in May of 2023. Washington Post is struggling as well with involuntary layoffs being floated as a necessary thing for that newspaper to do. So everywhere the leftists sink in their claws and leech their poison fails every single time. And we especially covered this when it came to things like vice because they routinely get cash injections of half a billion dollars and still fail everywhere. So I want to give a sincere thank you to everybody who's kept us on air at infowars.com. Not only are we not going the way of sports illustrated Jezebel 
and all these others, and those are just the ones I can remember off the top of my head. I know there are more I just can't think of right now. They're all going down despite massive cash injections, despite support from the banks and George Soros and everybody else with an interest in having media outlets to pump out their poisonous trash. And they fail completely because they're ideology is at odds with basic humanity where meanwhile we here at Infowars, despite being attacked on every level crushed in every possible way have continued to not just survive but thrive because of your support at infowarsstore.com so thank you for supporting us at infowarsstore.com and i encourage you to keep it up if you're a regular customer if you've never tried a supplement from infowars store i suggest you do i suggest you Take advantage of the Supercharge Your Body's Defenses sale, getting 40% off DNA Force Plus, 40% off Real Red Pill Plus, 50% off both of these when you buy them together in the Supercharge Your Body's Defenses combo, DNA Force Plus and Real Red Pill Plus together for 50% off both. But you know, Turbo Force is an incredible product. That's 40% off right now. Winter Sun Plus is 40% off right now. And 30% off that brand new product, Next Level Foundational Energy. I'm telling you, if you, if you just want to try a supplement, if you think, well, you know, I've watched InfoWars for a while, I've never bought anything, maybe you're feeling a little bit guilty about that, try TurboForce. TurboForce is fantastic, and it's 40% off right now. And if you like being awake, it's something that you'll appreciate. If you like having energy and feeling your like your brain is functioning at maximum capacity, well, that's the stuff you need, Turbo Force. So please go now to InfoWarsStore.com. Keep us on the air as we continue to debunk the lies of the mainstream media and rub their failures in their faces. We're going to move on to some more geopolitical news as well as immigration here in just a second. But as we've been talking about Davos and the World Economic Forum this hour – Congressman introduces Defund Davos Act. Congressman Scott Perry in the 10th Congressional District introduced the Defund Davos, saying, quote, forcing American taxpayers to fund annual ski trips for insular global elites is absurd, not to mention reprehensible, said Representative Perry. The World Economic Forum doesn't deserve one cent of American funding, and it's past time that we defund Davos. Did you even did you know that you were paying for this? Do you know it was your tax dollars? Are we going towards paying for the flights and hotel rooms and probably hookers for the world elite at Davos? I didn't. You would think the people with all of the money would be able to afford something like this. You would think the people who have enough cash to spend $14, $22 billion on elections would have a couple thousand bucks to fund their own trips. But I guess that's the point, isn't it, is that they take over these countries they insinuate themselves into these power structures then they turn their resources to their own ends so representative scott perry joined by representatives tom tiffany and paul gosar diana harshberger andy ogles and matt rosendell introduced the defund davos act the bill would prohibit the department of state and united states agency for international develop development from providing any funding to the world economic forum which again it's absurd that they even got away with funding it in the first place. 
The Davos conference allows the global elites and leaders of countries like China and Iran to argue against the interests of the American people and devise means by which global governance can be implemented. The forum's objectives include designing and implementing a global financial system, getting countries to enforce electric vehicle purchases and car sharing, using artificial intelligence to drive the economy and society and other global public interests. And you can read the full text of the Defund Davos Act there on uh, Representative Scott Perry's website. It's a good start. It definitely is reflective of the overall uh, growth of our side, the human side. We actually have representatives now in office writing laws against funding the World Economic Forum in Davos and in the public sphere and in the marketplace of ideas. I think being a part of the World Economic Forum and being a part of Davos is quickly becoming a liability for most people. And maybe maybe we need to have a pledge of some sort. Maybe we need to have a pledge that we demand that all of our representatives sign. Say, you're not going to get my vote unless you sign this pledge to never attend Davos, to never even talk to these people. Because while the defund Davos Act is a good start, I'd like to see a imprisoned Davos Act. I would like to see a you're committing treason if you go to Davos Act because that's the reality. These people are openly conspiring to undercut and subvert democracy itself as they just openly in everyone's faces. They themselves are making videos and streaming conferences where they're sitting there game planning. How do we destroy democracy? How do we get our way even when people vote against us? Of course, they do it through control of the financial systems. That's treason. If you're an American representative going overseas and conspiring with foreigners to undercut the will of the American people, you're committing treason. You should be arrested. And more. Bodies is back. The ultimate turmeric product on the market has returned to InfoWarsStore.com and is now 25% off for a limited time. Utilized for thousands of years, turmeric is one of the most studied medicinal herbs today. Hundreds of peer-reviewed scientific articles are published every year on the chemistry and therapeutic potential of turmeric and its active components. Bodies will reduce inflammation throughout the body, help boost and support flexibility, increase mobility, assist in joint function, bolster your immune system, and so much more. Regular turmeric from the store contains about 1-5% to of the active ingredient curcuminoids, but our super powerful extract using bodies contains over 95% of the active ingredients in turmeric. No other product can compare with this curcuminoid delivery system, so if you want to put the true power of turmeric to the test, then look no further. Grab yourself a bottle today for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com and put your body at ease. Putting the power of conversation into the caller's hands, you're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Second hour is on here at The American Journal. Thank you so much for being here with us. Band.video, Infowars.com. There's some breaking news this morning. Very concerning. House January 6th committee deleted more than 100 encrypted files days before GOP took majority, according to various sources. Representative Loudermilk is 
demanding then-January 6th Chairman Thompson provide passwords for encrypted files. So the former House Select Committee on January 6th deleted more than 100 encrypted files from its probe just days before Republicans took over the majority in the House of Representatives. Fox News Digital has learned the House Administration Committee's Oversight Subcommittee is leading an investigation into January 6, 2021, led by Chairman Barry Loudermilk of, of uh, Georgia. The panel is investigating the security failures on that day, as well as the actions of the former Select Committee investigating the Capitol riot. Loudermilk last week told Fox News Digital that his investigation has entered a new phase with renewed support from House Speaker Mike Johnson, who committed additional resources to the panel's investigation. Sources familiar with Loudermilk's investigation told Fox News Digital that per House rules, the former Select Committee, which was chaired by Representative Benny Thompson of Mississippi, was required to turn over all documents from its investigation into the new, uh, to the new GOP-led panel after Republicans secured the majority of the House of Representatives following the 2020 midterm elections. Sources told Fox News Digital that Thompson had told Loudermilk that Select Committee would, would turn over four terabytes of archived data, but that the new committee only received approximately two terabytes of data. Fox News Digital has learned that Loudermilk's committee hired a digital forensics team to scrape hard drives to determine what information they were not given. The forensics team, according to sources familiar with their search, determined that 117 files were both deleted and encrypted. Sources said those files were deleted on January 1st, 2023, just days before Thompson's team was required to transfer the data to the new committee. Fox News Digital has learned that the forensic team has now recovered all 117 deleted and encrypted files. Now Loudermilk is demanding answers and passwords to access the data. This is very interesting. Obviously, the original committee on January 6th was a straight-up Soviet-style show trial where they put people on trial uh, without them being present to defend themselves. And without providing an opportunity for any argument in opposition to the claims, just by definition, a show trial put on for the television cameras, but arrayed in all of the attributes of a legitimate courtroom proceeding. But only the only one side, only the prosecutors got to deliver a case. And the defense wasn't even invited to proclaim their innocence. And then you've got, so you've got all this information. It's supposed to be handed over because that's how our republic is supposed to work. And I know, I know it doesn't even matter. Like it doesn't even matter to point out the hypocrisy of these people. Because beyond hypocrisy, it's just open subversion at this point. But the idea that the people who are I mean, you can read every article. I mean, there's millions of articles these days about the danger of Trump not following democratic norms, the peaceful transfer of power. That's what these people do every time. Every time. And they get away with it. Again, these people should be imprisoned. These people should be ousted from office with a with an intelligent and informed populace that was moral they would reject these people outright but we don't have that anymore so oh, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter they can literally put on a show trial and then when it's time for the peaceful transfer of power delete all the files and hide them and encrypt them and not hand them over and the voters don't care 
They don't care about anything. They don't care about the peaceful transfer of power. They don't care about the proper functioning of checks and balances in our democracy. They care about sheer and blatant will to control. And that's what they're wielding. We're trying to get the passwords now for these files. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. In the Welcome back, folks. This is the American Journal. We're going to open up the phone lines for your calls and go to Twitter Spaces and do our simulcast radio show slash Twitter Space. Uh, following this long commercial-free segment that we have at the top of this hour. Again, I hope I hope people are uh, appreciating. You know, people. Hey, we we listen. People complain about the commercial breaks, even though we for a long time didn't really have any say over that. But now we have an opportunity to skip certain breaks, and so we've been skipping the second break every hour, meaning that we're getting a longer time to cover the news, getting an extra four minutes of content an hour, and of course, no break in the flow of the information. So. Uh, Still, we still would love for you to go to InfoWarsStore.com and support us. And hopefully you appreciate the lower number of commercial breaks that we take every hour. I know I do, as it gives me a chance to really dig into some of this stuff. And I think now we'll get into what's going on in the Middle East. Now, America is not in a great position. We have sworn to continue for however you know long fight the Houthis in Yemen we will continue our bombing campaign as long as it takes for all the Gazans to die I guess I don't know but this is exactly what we warned about on like October 9th right October 7th was the attack By the time we were on air that Monday, I think the attack was on a Friday. I actually covered, it was myself and Chase Geyser covering for Alex Jones that Monday. And we basically laid out exactly what would happen and have been reinforcing this idea time and time again. But very early on in the coverage, if you just game plan it out, it was obvious that America needed to either intervene on the side of the Palestinians to use our influence over Israel to stop them from carrying out a genocide and come to some sort of peaceable, two-state, sustainable, long-term solution. Or America would be either drawn into wider, massive conflict in the Middle East that would quickly spiral out into world war or basically lose any footing we had in the Middle East whatsoever. Right, Because with the attacks on Gaza, the extremity of them, the indiscriminate um, character of the attacks, it was obvious that everybody in the region was going to get involved. Hezbollah was not going to stand idly by. Syria was not going to stand idly by. Iran was not going to stand idly by. Even Iraq and Yemen, they're not going to stand idly by while this happens. And of course, they recognize, just like we all should, that it's America that gives Israel the ability to do this. It's the protection and support and veto power of America 
that allows Israel to continue this operation. So obviously it would be Americans that are going to pay the price for this. American soldiers, tens of thousands of them now stationed in the Middle East with targets on their back because of our endless support for a truly, by definition, genocidal campaign of eradication. Over 10,000 children been killed in this slaughter. Over 25,000 is the official number. And you know what's so funny? I put up a video. And if you're American Journal viewers, just it was the, an edit when I was sarcastically congratulate, congratulating Israel for killing 10,000 children, right? Because we're blown away with how powerful they are. And of course, the point was, it's not just killing 10,000 children. It's easy to kill 10,000 children, but to kill 10,000 children, bomb 100 hospitals, destroy 400 schools and still be portrayed as the victim like that, that really is something else. That's something to, to be astonished by. And so I made a video of that and posted it different places. And the only really uh, negative con- comment I got, and it was the same comment over and over, was accusing me of being a Hamas propagandist. Basically, like that's it. Just going, oh, where are you getting these numbers? Hamas? Oh, you just believe everything Hamas tells you? Despite the fact that in the video, and as I covered it, the source I was using was a charity called Save the Children International that routinely ranks among the top 20 most trusted charities in the world. It's not partisan. It's not Hamas. This is just reality. And nobody even doubts this nobody contradicts this israel isn't coming out and saying these numbers are inflated this never happened when i can show you videos i could probably show you videos of at least a thousand children being killed at least right and that's not including the ones still as we speak trapped under rubble and slowly starving or suffocating to death and i don't i mean it's not the best term it's not funny to me but it is frustrating to me i can literally be using numbers from an internationally recognized and extremely well-respected charity and the only thing people can say to me in defense of the killing ten thousand children is somehow those numbers are from hamas and it's hamas propaganda again despite the fact that we can see it with our own eyes the devastation is obvious and incredible and horrifying but they want to act like I'm some sort of terrorist supporter because I'm against children being buried under rubble or orphaned. It's just insane. It's utterly and completely insane. So obviously, decent people around the world and especially those, you know, with kinship or shared ethnicity with the Palestinians were going to be extremely angry that America was allowing this to go on that America was acting as guard dog as it, uh, Israel carried this out. So obviously we're going to pay the price for it. And we actually have a video here. We can go to clip uh, 22, Gaza's unspoken sorrow. This is, we can just roll this as B-roll. Is this just a, uh, there's the Gaza before, Gaza before the war. Looks like actually a kind of nice place to live, actually, if you think about it. And it's gone. And it's been utterly and completely wiped out just flattened beyond recognition. And the damage to Hamas, by the way, has been absolutely minimal. Hamas has practically not taken any damage at all. And like there, there are 
quotes now, statements by Israeli ministers and politicians who seem in, you know, f- furious at this. They're like, what the hell? Hamas isn't defeated yet? Like, not even remotely, actually. We all know that they are in tunnels 60 feet underground. You're never targeting Hamas. Like, just stop even saying that. Killed 25,000 people, 10,000 children. And Hamas is just as strong as it ever was. And in fact, is now reclaiming land that they're forcing Israel out of in the north of Gaza. But in terms of uh, America's interest in this, U.S. airbase in Iraq hit by massive missile attack. From yesterday, U.S. airbase Ain al-Assad in Iraq's western Anbar province has been targeted by at least 15 missiles. Iraqi news agency uh, Shafak reported on Saturday, citing a security source. The missiles were launched from the Iraqi Siri of al-Baghdadi, the source said, without giving further information. A spokesman for the commander-in-chief of the Iraqi Armed Forces told the Iraqi news agency that the bombing injured an Iraqi soldier and caused material damage. A number of U.S. soldiers are being examined for traumatic brain injuries after Iran-backed militants carried out a missile attack on U.S. airbase al-Assad in western Iraq's Anbar province, the U.S. Central Command said on Sunday, adding that the U.S. is also assessing damage caused to the base. So again, this very mysterious, this very serious event that happens every once in a while where a missile hits an American compound and all of the soldiers get traumatic brain injuries, but no other casualties. Again, just very strange. But I also wonder how many soldiers signed up to receive traumatic brain injuries, you know, as the cost for, um, you know, participating in and allowing Israel to uh, carry out a genocide. And, I, you know, I don't just say this, not just, you know, being, uh, not just making an exaggeration. I understand the difference between a genocide and a military operation. I understand the difference between wholesale slaughter and an exacting operation meant to achieve military goals. I'm using the words deliberately because they're the correct words to use. This is a genocide. And we're watching it take place right out in the open. And it doesn't matter who I talk to in my personal life. Everybody is appalled at this. I don't know anybody. I was talking to people that were literally in the Israeli army and have retired now and are, and are here in America. And even they are like, yeah, it's, it's actually horrifying. It's actually, it's definitely a genocide. Like everybody knows. And yet it's happening. And yet it's continuing. And yet it keeps going. And nobody's doing anything to stop it. And now American soldiers are being killed and receiving traumatic brain injuries as blowback to us allowing this to continue. We can go down to clip number 18. This is a very high up minister in the Israeli government getting letting you know no uncertain terms what the purpose of the war in Gaza is, what it always has been, what their plan is for Gaza, and it is displacement or extermination. Nothing short 
no exaggeration. This is their own words. Here's them saying it themselves. So he says, let's talk about the day after, because in my opinion, if we do not control and stay there in Gaza, it will. What do you mean by control? We don't want slogans this time. What does control mean? And genocide and imperialism, it's a land grab, and it always has been. Incredible, isn't it? And again, we're paying the price for this. A number of U.S. personnel injured after attack on Iraq airbase. U.S. Arab allies push hostage release plan aimed at ending Israel-Hamas war. Hilarious way to describe this. The Israel-Hamas war. Uh, Yeah, I guess. I guess that's what it is. The talks are at an early stage and a large gap remains between Israel and Hamas on the details. See, Hamas wants uh, Palestinians to survive. And that's a, so there's really a big gap between that and the desires of Israel. U.S., Egypt, and Qatar are pushing Israel and Hamas to join a phased diplomatic process that would start with the release of hostages and eventually lead to a withdrawal of Israeli forces and an end to the war in Gaza. Diplomats involved in mediating the talks said. Uh, There's basically been no real progress. I mean, this was never an option, right? And Netanyahu has now come out and given a speech where he uses the phrase from the river to the sea, a phrase the Zionists claim is genocidal. Which again, I'm, I don't think it is a, a genocidal slogan, but to them it is. To them it is. So when somebody tells you this term is a term of genocide, if you say from the river to the sea, you're promoting genocide, and by the way, it should be Israel from the river to the sea, then they are using it as a genocidal statement. Israel and its supporters argued that the slogan, when used by pro-Palestinian demonstrators, is the call for the elimination of the Jewish people. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu rejected the notion of Palestinian statehood in a news conference on Thursday, claiming, quote, it would endanger the state of Israel. But he also invoked geographical language that has become a point of bitter contention as Israel's continued military bombardment of Gaza continues in response to the Hamas attack of October 7th, saying that, quote, in the future, the state of Israel has to control the entire area from the river to the sea, according to an English translation of a speech from the Israeli news channel, I-24 News. And I don't know what the latest is with the International Court of Justice. They were like on the cusp of coming out with a decision about whether, uh, you know, because Israel was charged with genocide by South Africa and presented a very, very compelling case. But I guess they just haven't finished that case yet. Because there was even last week, there was like a video of the of the judges sort of talking about what the outcome would be if the court were decided were to decide against Israel. But I haven't seen anything develop from it yet. So this is happening in the in the Hague, and the Atlantic is out here telling us how uh, the statements that South Africa used to make their case. It's pretty amazing. I mean, they're they're sitting there going, "We're going to make the case for." that Israel is committing genocide and all of our evidence are just clips of the Israel politicians and soldiers and commanders of their army and their prime minister saying this is a genocide, saying they're Amalek and we have to kill all of them, saying that there are no innocents in Gaza. And then soldiers out there quoting these things as they carry out the attacks. But Atlantic 
wrote this article, Yar Rosenberg wrote this article for The Atlantic. What did top Israeli officials really say about the war in Gaza? See, they're here to tell you that the words that you can hear in the videos that you can show uh, aren't really what they seem. They aren't what they seem. In late November, the NPR reporter Lila Fidel interviewed the international law scholar David Crane about a disquieting subject, potential genocide in Gaza. Crane was uniquely qualified to opine about this fraught topic, having served as the founding chief prosecutor for the UN Special Court for Sierra Leone, where he indicated the president of Li- uh, indicted the president of Liberia for war crimes. On air, he explained why he did not think Israel's actions met the criteria. Saying, if I was charged with investigating and prosecuting genocide, Crane said, I would have to have in large measure a smoking gun, which he characterizes as, quote, a rebel group, a person, a head of state explicitly directing those under their control to destroy a people in whole or in part. Precisely because genocide is the highest crime, proving it demands the highest standard of evidence, what is required in relation to the current conflict is not simply documentation of destruction of war crimes and not just incendiary statements from individual soldiers or politicians with no role directing military operations, but rather a declaration of intent to eliminate Gazans, not just Hamas, by the top Israeli decision makers. Well, you just saw Ben Gavir do exactly that. And of course, we've heard uh, Benjamin Netanyahu do exactly that. These are the people in charge of the military in Israel. I mean, it just, this argument makes no sense. He's like, well, we'd have to have the people in charge of Israel making these statements, not just examples of war crimes. It's like, okay, well, the examples of war crimes are to show that the statements that are out there and that you do hear uh, don't, they aren't just random statements. They are then carried out by the soldiers on the ground. So the point of the war crimes and the evidence of the mass destruction is sort of just on in addition to the genocidal language. So Israel-Palestine Live, death toll exceeds 25,000 while Israel strikes Rafah. Israel has killed at least 25,105 Palestinians in Gaza since the start of the war on October 7th. In the same period, at least 62,681 have been wounded. Around 178 Palestinians were killed and 293 wounded in the past 24 hours. Palestinian group Hamas said on Sunday that 7th of October attacks in southern Israel were a necessary step against Israel occupation of the Palestinian territories. And Netanyahu again rejects Palestinian sovereignty amid fresh U.S. push for U.S. state solution, a two-state solution. So again, apparently we have no influence over Israel, and Israel is not being unclear about their intentions. They want Gaza free of Palestinians. They've already killed 25,000 of them. They have to kill all of them. I think that's fine for them. You know, right? They have no qualms about that. They keep saying there's no innocence in Gaza. You know, show a picture of a little kid dying, and they'll be like, ha ha, I got another terrorist. Or just displaced and, and removed completely. And I mean, you can look at the definition of genocide of the UN Constitution, or the, the you know the UN official designation for genocide. Just about every box is ticked by what Israel is doing to Gaza. It shouldn't even be a question anymore. The question is why we're allowing it to continue, and how long it will go on, and uh, what price will be paid by the people carrying this out. But yeah, Netanyahu rejects Hamas conditions for Israel hostage deal. And uh, the Israelis are actually still sort of flipping out about this and demanding that the government actually try to get the hostages back. And the government is saying, well, actually, we don't want the hostages back. The hostages were actually a great excuse to do what we wanted to do anyway for the last very long time, which is saturation camp uh, bombing campaign against Gaza. 
to eradicate the Palestinians there. Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Sunday rejected conditions presented by Hamas to end the war and release hostages that would include Israel's complete withdrawal and leaving Hamas in power in Gaza. As Israeli planes uh, resumed bombing Khan Yunus in southern Gaza Strip, senior Hamas officials Sami Abu Zuri told Reuters that the uh, Israeli leader's refusal to end the military offensive in Gaza means there's no chance of the return of the Israeli captives. Again, they're not shy about it. They're not hiding their intentions. This is obviously the point of all of this. And America is being essentially kicked out of the Middle East entirely as Iraqi officials deny entry of additional U.S.-led coalition forces to the country. And the bases that we have there are being routinely hit with massive military missile bombardments, putting our boys in uniform in danger of death or traumatic brain injury. We'll be right back on the other side, folks. We're going to open up uh, the Twitter spaces for your calls. We'll open up phone lines as well. I want to remind you to go support us at InfoWarsStore.com. It's the only way that we get support. InfoWarsStore.com is the only source of our funding. We so appreciate that you've both kept us on the air and in the fight by going to InfoWarsStore.com. cannot say how much we sincerely appreciate your contribution to the InfoWar. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com, look at the ingredients and investigate it, and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to go live on X Spaces right now. Go ahead and start that space. Turn my mic on. I'm going to invite uh, a couple people to be co-hosts. So yes, the, the space has begun. You can follow it on my Twitter at Harrison H. Smith. Go ahead and uh, allow these people to be co-hosts so the crew can be doing this uh, behind the scenes. And again, we, we did this on Friday and it worked out really well, but we're still, I'm personally, I'm still not just a hundred percent into, or just used to this yet. So bear with us as we set this up and allow people to filter in. And of course we'll do it like we've done it before, where if you want to speak, and again, we're doing this in addition to the phone lines, so we'll go ahead and give out the phone number as well right now. The number to dial is one 789 2539 We'll be taking phone calls, and we'll also be taking calls on spaces. 
And so if you want to speak on the space, go ahead and send us a request to speak. And if you will, leave a comment on the space telling us sort of in general terms uh, what you would like to talk about. And then we'll make people, uh, we'll, we'll take people live and you'll be able to participate in this national conversation here on American Journal. Again, we are simulcasting here on Twitter Spaces, X Spaces, as well as band.video, infowars.com forward slash show. We're on Rumble, of course, and on Terrestrial Radio. So taking your calls now, one 877 And if you follow me at Harrison H. Smith and join the space and want to speak out on the radio, send us a request, drop a comment with what you want to talk about, and we will go to as many as we possibly can. So as we allow people to uh, fill, fill up the space and join us here and share the link and added comment, uh, we'll move on to some other news in the meantime. And of course, it's not just uh, the Middle East where war is continuing with uh, no hint at abatement. Ukraine as well. Top NATO chief warns we, may, we need to start preparing for all-out war with Russia. A senior NATO chief has warned civilians need to get ready for an all-out war with Russia. In a bleak outlook, Admiral Rob Bauer, who chairs the bloc's military committee, said people should get ready for conscription within the next, next two decades. He said it's, quote, not a given that member states are at peace, and he praised Sweden for preparing its citizens for war. Germany also is preparing its citizens for war with Russia. And, of course, America is the driving force behind all of this as the primary military power that composes NATO. He said, quote, it is a whole of society that will get involved whether we like it or not. That realization, we didn't talk about that a year ago. The Dutch military chief said nations will need to mobilize civilians in case a global war breaks out, saying governments need to be, quote, war ready. Which, of course, is a strange thing to say for the person who is largely in charge of whether or not we go to war. Like this is a threat, right? This is a promise. They're saying this is going to happen. Can they have this way of phrasing things as if they're not the ones making the decision? They are the ones making these decisions. They are the ones doing this themselves. So when they say, oh, you know, you got to be careful. A war might break out. What you can actually read, what they're actually saying is we are going to start an all-out war with Russia because our proxy war in Ukraine has failed. And they're not getting away with it. You know, meanwhile, I mean, just some of these stories that we have, I could spend an entire show on any one of these. Canadian who blamed government for wildfires, guilty of starting 14 himself. A Canadian man who touted conspiracy theories claiming forest fires were deliberately set by the government has been convicted of starting 14 fires himself. Pyromaniac Byron Perret, 38, pled guilty earlier this week to 13 counts of arson and one to a count of arson with disregard to human life. <laughs> this next line. As his main motivation, he claimed he was doing tests to find out whether the forest was really dry or not. <laughs> okay. Do you have an answer? You think you would have figured that out after the first know, 10? You really need to do 13, 14 fires? like starting a fire the whole forest is up in flames and he's like that's not conclusive i still can't tell whether this fire whether this forest is dry or not okay crazy that's crazy 
Prosecutors said one of the fires set by Perret caused the evacuation of at least 500 homes in uh, French word Quebec in June 2023, according to CBC, that that fire alone burned 873 hectares, about four square miles of forest, officials said. And of course, this was, I believe, amongst those series of forest fires that all mysteriously popped up all at once all over Canada on the same in the same week or the same day, more or less. Between May 31st and June 1st of last year, he started some of these fires. Investigators observed the string of five fires had no possible natural causes. In his social media post, Perret falsely claimed the government had started the fires to convince people of climate change, according to The Independent. This man was, was running a solo psyop operation, starting a dozen fires, and then when he's caught, he's like, no, I was just checking if, it was, if the forest was dry or not. It's <laughs> not even an excuse. That doesn't even make sense. Completely insane. Before we, uh, again, go out to spaces and phone calls, I see phone lines uh, filling up, and, of course, the spaces are filling up as well. Again, send in your request if you want to speak and leave a comment on this space itself. Share the space as well, if you will. But I want to go to a video here of somebody actually standing up against the madness of our federal government. There's a woman whose daughter was killed by an illegal immigrant. Clip number 16 is Tammy Nobles. She's actually suing the Department of Homeland Security for $100 million for failing to uphold their most basic obligations and leaving her vulnerable daughter a victim of their associate, basically. I mean, basically, they are in cahoots with They're on the side of, they're contributing to the ability of illegal immigrants to come to this country and commit crimes, and they need to be held to account. Every single person who's a victim of illegal immigrant crime should be doing this. This should be a class action lawsuit with 100 million people in it. But I'm very happy this woman is uh, starting this trend, and I hope to see it expand and continue. Here's Tammy Nobles. She's suing the Biden DHS. Want to know what is going on at the border. I had no clue what was going on before my daughter was brutally murdered and raped, but I do now. And I found the story is just so mind-boggling on how nobody at the border did their job and checked his background. Made All he had to do was make one phone call to El Salvador to, to know that he was an MS-13 gang member on the list. And it's just crazy how he got from Texas all the way to Maryland to being in the same trailer as my daughter. Yeah. Tammy, how, how are you doing? How do you, how does your family survive something like this? I have, the only thing that I can come up with is that it's, it's God. It's helping me along this path. So again, she's suing the DHS and HHS for $100 million, which I'm still, she would, I'm still sure she would rather just have her daughter back. But these people need to pay for what they have allowed to happen to American citizens. And again, the stories from immigration, I mean, it's just it's every day and it's continuous from Daily Mail. Foreign developers, including Chinese, Russian, Iranian and Venezuelan now own at least 40 million acres of U.S. land near military bases from coast to coast. Government admits it does not know the full extent 
of the land grab. We return to that in just a little bit. A Denver hospital wants a federal bailout as illegal immigrants have cost it hundreds of millions of dollars by receiving treatment and not paying. Illegals are now seeking out Biden's border patrol, knowing that they'll let them cross. Criminals going to the police, knowing that they'll be let off. It's wild. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda in the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions and coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Cellular damage from a type of free radical known as reactive oxygen species can cause decreased cellular function. DNA Force Plus contains what are believed to be the most beneficial ingredients to remedy this. Now 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. The main ingredient in the Real Red Pill Plus is pregnenolone which occurs naturally in our body, but decreases with age. Low levels of pregnenolone are associated with fatigue and low brain function. The Real Red Pill Plus is also full of essential trace minerals to synergistically support optimal cognitive function. Now 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Get them both today at 50% off. The Supercharged Special. Support your health and support the InfoWar at InfoWarStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. back ladies and gentlemen we're going to do the rest of the show as a simulcast between twitter x spaces and of course the traditional band.video infowars.com and radio broadcast thanks so much for being here with us on the american journal we got a lot of callers calling in i want to go to callers first and then we'll go out to spaces i know russ daniels unsolved mysteries friend uh, friend and uh inversion at inverted world nine I'll have some interesting comments to discuss, including Flat Earth. So we'll go out to you in just a second. But first, I want to go out to the phone calls. We've got Randy in Colorado who wants to talk about accountability, saying they shouldn't get away with it. I, I agree, Randy. But what do you mean? <coughs> Thanks for calling in. Yeah, Harrison, we need something. I mean, do we, do we create uh, an organization to, to sue these people? Do you know? Like uh, we can't sit around and wait anymore. Our 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 FBI, our DOJ, they're all not acting. You know, um, it's just ridiculous. I mean, whether it's treason or fraud, invasion of our country, the destruction of the January sixth evidence, the list goes on. I mean, the media shouts fire in a crowded theater every day. You know, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. What do, I know there's there's one that uh, Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton. 
he might be a good guest. I know he does. He sues a lot of people. Yeah. Um, that's speaking their language, right? You got to sue them. I don't know. What else can we do to hold these people accountable? Well, you know, the, the tide is certainly turning and we need people in positions of power to hold these people accountable. I think the best plan moving forward is the Heritage Plan 2025. And of course, we first heard about that because the left discovered it and started freaking out about it because it was obviously going to be hugely effective and impactful. And they're very scared of this being implemented. Uh, and what twenty what Project 2025 recognizes is that it's not going to be enough for just Trump to get elected or one person to be elected to a position of power. They need, we need to cast out the leftists in all of these bureaucratic positions and replace them with people who actually support an America first agenda. We need a wholesale reconfiguration of the American government. And that starts at the ballot box. And as much as people are hopeless about the chance of elections as they obviously can be stolen, you know, Alex has pointed this out very many times on Infowars. They can't cheat their way out of a total landslide, especially if we've learned from the past and are keeping a very close eye on and preventing the little tricks that they pulled in 2020 from being pulled again. We can win an election. We can win tons of elections. And the people that are going into office now seem to be much more tuned into the reality of what's going on in the world and are aware of the seriousness that it's going to take from them to oppose the World Economic Forum. And of course, we have the defund Davos uh, bill. I mean, they got this, they got to where they are now through co-opting the legitimate organs of power. We need to do that. And we need to focus primarily on dismantling their organs of influence. I, I fully agree. You know, we are their employers, right? We're tax-paying employers of this government. They're our employees, and they're not doing their job. It's time to fire them. At the very least, Randy, the very least, they need to be removed from power. I think, again, that would be just the, uh, just the beginning of all of it. Uh, thank you very much for the call, Randy. Let's go out to uh, spaces now. We have Russ Daniels. Let me just uh, activate you here. Russ Daniels can now speak. Russ, if you want to uh, take your mic live and we'll hear from you. You want to talk about satanic rituals, uh, go ahead whenever you're ready. Russ Daniels. Hmm, I'm not hearing anything, guys. Uh-oh. We have our first technological glitch with Twitter spaces. Maybe other people in the space can hear it, but I'm not uh, receiving it right now. So tell you what, stay there, Russ. We'll work this out. And we'll get back to you here momentarily. I don't know. Maybe other people in the spaces can hear you, but I cannot. So I don't know if that needs to be rerouted or something. But I'm telling you, folks, it's mind-bogglingly complicated to be able to do what we're doing on spaces. So, you know, there might be a, a little hiccup here or there. But again, it's like we're connected to my phone through a Bluetooth relay that's connected to this microphone. I need to be getting the audio the audio needs to be going out uh, to other people. Yes, yeah, so we'll go to uh, regular calls here until we, uh, we get this worked out. And again, guys, I'm going to make uh, InfoWars a co-host to give you guys uh, like admin capabilities on here. But in the meantime, let's go out to, um, let's go to Kevin in Los Angeles. Kevin in Los Angeles on line eight. Thanks for calling in. You want to talk about the war in Gaza? Go ahead. 
Yes, Harrison. How are you doing, brother? Good, thank you. Uh, well, I have a different perspective on the war that's going on over there. Everybody all of a sudden forgot that Israel was attacked on the 7th. They killed thousands of people, took hostages, killed women and children. And now that they're getting their butts handed to them, everybody's their crime, bloody murder. Uh, mm-hmm. For thousands of years, the Israelis were uh, persecuted. I'm not Jewish, I'm Christian, but for thousands of years, the Jews were persecuted, treated like dogs. And now, since the tides have turned, everybody's crime, bloody murder. When their manifesto is kill all Christians and Jews, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not too uh, sympathetic towards them, if you know what I mean. Well, what about the Christians in Gaza? Well, I have we have family over there. I'm Armenian. We have the old we we're over there, and you know, it happens. Uh, I'm not putting uh, Israelis on a high horse or anything, but so I have so my morals with it. You know, Go um, ahead. Uh, you know, obviously, what happened on a. October seventh was uh, was was pretty brutal, um, but also you're you know you're aware of the the Hannibal Directive and the fact that uh, huge number of the people that died on October seventh were victims of uh, Israel themselves. Do you know that? How would that be their victim? Uh, because they didn't respond fast enough. Uh, no, because when they did respond, they actually ended up shelling kibbutzes and killing the uh, Israelis that were being held hostage. This is what the hostages who escaped said. And uh, there's also video of like, the Apache helicopter shooting on the festival goers and, and killing a lot of them. I'm, it, it's going to happen. I mean, you put, you put that, uh, I guess, you know, it's going to happen if you start shooting at each other, you know. So is there, is there, any, have- is there any level of... Uh, attacks against Gaza that you would think would are is not appropriate for uh, recompense for for killing a couple uh, hundred is, Israelis in this um, attack on October seventh. You know, if they were to to drop a nuke on Gaza, I mean, was there anything that would make you think I would not know is too far? I would never. Uh, I would never want anyone to use any type of nukes. Okay, well, they've killed but, uh, they've killed ten thousand children and twenty five thousand um, innocent non combatants. So, is there a number that that would make you sort of start to question whether this was an appropriate response? Uh, well, first of all, I, I want them to give all the hostages back, change their manifesto from "kill all Christians and Jews" that were dimmies, were second class citizens. In in a you know in a Islamic state, we're considered as second class citizens. And same as Israel. Not, so. not well. I, like I said, I'm not putting them on a high horse. I have my quarrels with them. But uh, like I said, it's it's I, it kind of gets me when everybody's like, oh, you know, the Israelis. Well, people forget for some. I mean, we're my people are old enough to remember this. I'm Armenian. We go back. We're older than dirt. And I, we remember for thousands of years how the Muslims treated us. Mm-hmm. And since now the tides have turned, now the Israelis are a little bit more powerful than them. They're crime, bit. bloody murder. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they have them surrounded a bit. by a giant yeah, fence with, like, uh, AI machine guns. 
you know, mounted yeah, uh, at yeah, the gates. Yeah, it sounds, that sounds for horrifying. Thousands of years. Well, we so, shouldn't forget for thousands of years what they did. What who did? Muslims. What the? Well, yes, sir. Well, didn't Christians do it too? Yes, sir. Didn't the Nazis do it? Do Christians? we do we deserve uh, to be a Nazi? Like wait, wait, wait. Nazis did what? Well, killed a bunch of Jews. Yeah. I'm, well, don't, well, my grandfather was in a battle of Berlin killing Nazis on the Soviet side. Well, so it's, but you know, but I mean, is that uh, you know? Obviously, in the Holocaust, uh, millions of, of Jews died. So, I mean, that's way more than yeah. than uh, anything that happened on October 7th. So, I mean, would you support Europe uh, being bombed like no, Gaza is because the Jews are powerful now? Well, we, we blew the hell out of Germany. We slaughtered Germans, Nazis, during World War II. Well, my grandfather did. Yep. Very true. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, can't co-sign genocide. Sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry that stuff happened in the past, but that doesn't give you a right to uh, commit a crime against humanity. The InfoWars Live Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver has finally returned. To celebrate this powerful product's long-awaited homecoming, we're slashing $10 off the asking price, passing the savings on to you. Silver Bullet is the answer to Alex's extensive search for a powerful colloidal silver product that utilizes high-quality processes and has applications for both preparedness and regular use. Concentrated to 30 parts per million in a pure base of deionized water, this survival silver is the perfect fit for you and your family's routine and emergency supply. Beloidal silver is an amazing natural product that can assist your body's many healing processes. Do a deep dive, research the possibilities of colloidal silver yourself, and don't miss out on this limited time offer of $10 off. Try InfoWars Life Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver today. Available right now at InfoWarsStore.com.